Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. Immediately following the 2-0 Merseyside derby win at a raucous Anfield, the Reds showed flashes of their old devastating selves with a pair of brilliant breakaway goals either side of half-time. To cap a good performance, we can hope the catalyst for recovery. An overdue strike from Salah and a first Reds goal for Cody Gapko were enough for a comfortable win that also keeps Everton in the bottom three. Nice. To talk through a satisfying evening, I'm joined by Dave Usher, the editor at liverpool.way.co.uk, and Paul Natton, both of whom are at Anfield tonight. Dave, you're just in for the match. For me, watching at home, it was almost everything that we could have asked for from the evening compared to the expectations going into the stadium. Um, how did you see it from your spec? Yeah, played much better than I was expecting us to. Um, I, I say that, but I, I thought we'd do all right. I was just worried that we wouldn't take chances and then we'd end up getting done on a set piece or something. Um I thought we played well and we took our chances at the right times and that's that's made it like comfortable in the end. Um, we scored our goal just as they'd got a little bit of a foothold in the game and he'd had a couple of set pieces, almost scored, and then we've broke away and, and we've scored and that's like a massive kick in the bollocks to them because they just must have been fancying the chances a little bit at that point. Um, so you take the wind out of the sails with that, then you come out second half and... You know, obviously Everton are thinking, you know, maybe we can just try to get back into this now, and and then we score immediately. And you know, once you get two against a team like that, you're fine. You know, one nil does not change how they're going to play at all. It's you know, when you when you get these teams like Dyches, Burnley, and uh, you know Everton now, and just like shit teams, you want to just get behind the ball and frustrate, yeah. 1-0 doesn't do anything. It doesn't change how they play. You know, because they, they, all they're ever going to do is get to 80 minutes and then they'll have a goal. So you've got to get the second goal. And from the moment we got the second goal, there was no way back for Everton. Because, mm-hmm. And really, we should have won four or five there because as soon as they had to actually play, it gets yeah, to 2-0 agreed. and immediately Everton have then got to try and play. And they can't play. Yeah. And we start nicking it off them in midfield because they can't play football. They're just not good. And, you know, we nicked it so many times and, you know, we chances on the break in that, which we should have taken one or two of them. I'm not particularly bothered that we didn't because the main thing was was just getting the win. Um, and, you know, we'll we'll talk about this later, I'm sure, about what it means for us moving forward. Going into that tonight, I wasn't even thinking about, you know, let's win to, to get back on track or maybe top four, all of that stuff. None of that was even in my head. It was purely, let's just win this because I do not want to be responsible for them staying up. If they stay up by like a point <laughs> or two and it's because they've won at Anfield or something, I'd, I'd really struggle to deal with that. Whereas now, if they stay up by a point or two now, well, okay, I can just carry on blaming Arsenal like I did last year. You know, it's Arsenal's <laughs> fault. It's not our fault. We've done our job. We took care of business. We made sure they didn't get anything from Anfield, which was the priority for me. And now, moving forward, well, you know, we'll worry about that from now. Like, I wasn't even thinking about that before tonight. Just wanted to win tonight. But I do think that it should help with confidence because once we went 2-0 up, you could visibly see there was a difference. Yeah, in like, in, Not necessarily yeah. in every player. Even 1-0. Yeah, but I thought certain players just suddenly had like a little bit of swagger and a bit of a spring in the step. And it was like, okay, yeah, you know, we're starting to look like us a little bit here. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we can build on that now moving forward. But the main thing was just win tonight. Pop their bubble early as well because, like, they won last week. You know, you wouldn't believe how confident they were going into that. You know, like, they were so, like, bordering on cocky, even. And it's like, you, have you not looked at your record at Anfield? I know, like, that you've just beat Arsenal and we're in, like, the, the worst state we've been in in God knows how long. 
but I didn't. I, I just didn't really get like the bravado and the cockiness from from Everton fans when like there's nothing to back that up really. So I'm just glad that we've popped their bubble. Uh, they're still in the bottom three. We've beat them. Now we can start looking forwards, and you know we've we've taken care of business. So yeah, I'm happy. Good stuff. Um, Paul, it, it really felt to me like that first goal was bigger than it was in isolation. Like they hit the post, we're six inches away from going one nil down in a manner that we all feared might happen before the game. Them capitalising on a set piece, and then 15 seconds later, the ball is in the net past Pickford. It just feels like it might be a little bit of a turning point for us. Uh, yes, for the optics and yes, for the opposition and how entertaining it was, but also just the turn in the fortunes. It, it's felt like a while since something like that happened. Uh, definitely, definitely. And I, I, do you know, I couldn't, um, I didn't, see, I didn't realize it had hit the post uh, until someone told us at half time. Um, so yeah, I was oblivious to that really until obviously we'd gone in one nil up. Um, but yeah, having watched it back now. Yeah, it was a real piece of luck, wasn't it? Because um, I don't think Alisson had done anything wrong. I don't think any of our players had done anything wrong, really. Everton, we, I think we saw against Arsenal, really good on set pieces, particularly corners. I think at Arsenal, they, I thought they were very impressive. In fact, I was quite surprised by how effective, uh, how high quality the corners were, given that they should only been there you know, a matter of days um, against Arsenal. So that that was my big big concern tonight, was, was how we were going to deal with that. Um, now, particularly with the way we've been playing and the way we've been defending, um, I don't think you can point the finger at anybody um, in terms of that one. I think it was just every, it was just uh, a, a decent header, which um, we were fortunate, obviously, that it hit the post. But then we got to see, you know, as as Jules calls them, the uh, the racing snakes. It was fantastic, absolutely fantastic to see just that quick fire back to front. Yeah. Um, uh, listening, listening to Mo's interview afterwards, Mo, uh, I think I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times. I, I, I think we've already seen signs of a link-up between Mo and Darwin. There's an understanding there, definitely. But Mo was really emphasising that in his interview and buzzing off Darwin. Mo was convinced Darwin's going to score goals. You could tell by the way he was, by the way he was talking, um, and he was really emphasising how fast Darwin is. But I tell you what, Mo absolutely shifted to get there after mm-hmm. laying the ball off. Put his head down and went for it. Um, really, really motored. It's easy to forget how fast Mo is when he gets going. And also, you know, you can you, you maybe get to the stage now where you're expecting his pace to dip a little bit. Um, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe he just um, is a little bit more measured in terms of when he uses it now. But he really shifted to get into position. Gak post um, there so as yeah, well, though, Paul. That's encouraging yeah, that, that he was up yeah, there as well. Well, yeah. well do you know, do you know um, Dave, I, I, honestly, I know everyone's been saying how oh, he's slow. He's, he's not got slow, no he's just I, not, not quick. But I, I, I don't think that's true. I just think he's just... I, I, I think you've seen moments where he bursts for... He's, he's more languid, I would say. He's got a, quite a languid style on the ball. Mm. Um, but I think he has had moments where he's burst for... What we've not seen is him shifting over distance. And I yeah, think he's probably say, quick right, over a longer distance, that. though. You know, when he gets into a stride, I think over short distances, yeah. he's not like, he's not like Sadio, is he, where it's like explosive just, over he, a short He's short got distance. very long legs, hasn't he? When, yeah. Once he lengthens his stride, he, he, he pulls away. Um, I thought, yeah, absolutely fantastic. I mean, I think... I mean, we can talk about absolute joke of Pickford's positioning for that one, um, but I don't. I don't really want to. Uh, I don't really want to um, put the dampers on on that one. On that really, because that was that was a really good Liverpool goal. And I suppose the, 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 my over over my overarching thoughts about the whole the whole performance and results tonight is that that felt like really recognisably Liverpool, both individually and collectively. 
it felt like you know every, I thought there wasn't any a Liverpool player on the pitch who, who had a bad game, and I thought lots we saw a much more coherent press. I thought Hendo was brilliant in the press. Um, I saw Fabinho look like something resembling a defensive midfielder again, which yeah, was encouraging. It was fine, yeah, <laughs> absolutely fine. Fullbacks pushing on. The front three all played well. That that looked like the real Mo tonight. First time we've seen him in a while. Hmm. Gakpo looks like he's starting to understand that that false nine position. And he said in his interview, actually, he did confirm what most of us have been thinking that Klopp. That's why Klopp wants him to play. Um, that's that's the way the role's going to be. He's 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 He's, he's he's developing him as as you know the the new Bobby I guess. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I I mean, wow, I mean, it, absolutely incredible. Yeah, I I I, I hadn't quite uh, appreciated the scale of and the speed of his um, development. So he was interviewed afterwards as well with Mo. Carrie gave him out of the match. I managed to watch quite a bit of this when I got back in before just before we came on here, and. Uh, he, he, he told the uh, he told the interviewer that just a year ago he was playing for the under 18s he's yeah, never he played he's never Sounds played a number 8 well. position yeah but he's played and then Klopp, Klopp was laughing in, in his interview saying well he, we, we moved him from centre back to play him number 6 and then we played him as an 8 tonight and he's never played the position before I mean that lad has got the two things that stand out for me I think I have an expectation now not just with Liverpool most academies in the top flight with young lads coming through, technically, they're, they're all really good. You know, you don't see players without the technique anymore, really, young players coming through. But what really, really stands out for me are two things. One is, um, is reading and understanding of the game. And two is composure. His composure is absolutely ridiculous. You know, that was a derby um, today. Mm-hmm. Anfield, he was playing in a new position. And he just took everything in his stride. He, yeah. Uh, I mean, it is, really is quite quite incredible, really, just how um, prodigious a talent he is. I mean, it, I'm, I am looking at him and thinking, how, how far can you go? Because, you know, I, th- I think he's every time I see him play, he goes up in my estimations. That was a big test tonight for a player that age. So, yeah, very impressive. So, yeah, just, just come back to me. Oh, sorry, over, went off on a bit of a tangent there. But oh, overall, just recognisably us, and I think I'm thinking back to we haven't seen much of that this season. Maybe against City, the City game, that was a good performance and a good result. It wasn't and like us though, was it? It was a different type of performance. A different type of yeah, yeah but it, at least it was coherent, wasn't yeah. it? But I, I think I think tonight that was I mean, we defended well. Centre halves really good. They were I mean, you know, both of them. Yeah, Joe and, and Joel, both of them. Um, I, also interesting. I didn't think we we didn't the line was not as high. Um, we we didn't play such a ridiculously high line. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like we were dropping deep, um, but the, the line was just a little bit more circumspect, and I think that probably suited as well as well. So yeah, overall, great, really enjoyable. How good is it to come away from Anfield having had a good win and a good performance? Yeah, more of that, please. And you know, Dave, um, when you're having like a rough time in your life and you're kind of down in the dumps. You know, you know what you do. You like you stick on an episode of like Only Fools or Red Dwarf or something like that. You know, sit down and laugh for a little while, and suddenly everything feels right with the world. Well, tonight we put on an episode of Everton, and so there was there, there's plenty to laugh about. Uh, oh, the cop took the piss tonight. They had all the chance out tonight. It was great. I thought we got a bit too early in the first half. So did I. With the, yeah. with the going down, going yeah. down, going down. But. Uh, 
there must have been about seven or eight variations on a theme. It was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you, you can see like it's definitely Robbo's favourite show. He's always amused, <laughs> isn't he? It's like, you know, from where I'm sitting, the thing that happened, like with the big, like the kickoff that when Robbo's involved, like I'm not close to that, so I couldn't see like facial expressions or anything like that. But I seen what happened. I seen Pickford's barged into him, and I knew without even like before <laughs> Robbo would probably even done it. I knew Robbo's reaction was not going to be to like square up and get angry. I knew Robbo was just going to laugh in his face because th- that's what he does. <laughs> I, I knew he was going to do it and I didn't know until I got home and I seen the photographs of it <laughs> where he's got like angry Pickford and angry Cody and <laughs> Robbo's just laughing in the faces but like I'm pissed off that Robbo got a yellow card because he, he didn't do anything it's what, he kicked the ball away is that he what he got booked for? Away, I think. Yeah. No, he didn't. Get, yeah. I know, like, yeah, yeah. he didn't get booked for that, though. He, he definitely got booked for the skirmish. I know he, he played on after the whistle, but that's not what the booking was for. That was just a classic case of, like, the, the, you know, the ref booking, like, the two players who so, so-called started it. But um, to me, unless there's something that I've not seen, Robbo's just stood there and had loads of them come steaming in and barging into him, and he's not reacted. He's not, like, physically done anything. But he gets a yellow card. So what? Just laughing in, in like someone's face is a yellow card. No, no, it's not. I'm no, not he, it's a rule the, I'm the not aware got of. Ages before he played, he played on for ages. There. But that's not what he got like, booked for, Paul. I guarantee that he wouldn't have got booked if there hadn't have been like the big kickoff. He wouldn't have got booked for playing on after the whistle. And especially that fucking referee. I mean, <laughs> the first half. How many fouls did, did they commit in the first half? Tarkovsky was just basically bouncing around the pitch, just booting people. I think yeah. to Corey as well. And, uh, you know, you can see our players. Like, and what's that how number many eight, times? Dave? I'm not falling for that one, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> That's my gag. Don't be stealing me gags. I got That's John with that before the game, you know, Chris. <laughs> Chris, no. John was, was talking about Maybe three times. He said, yeah, I know. I got him inside as well during the match as well. <laughs> he said something about, you know, that O'Nana. And I went, oh, what's his name? And he went, O'Nana. And I went, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> but I got him again during the match. It was when, like, you know, when he went running through and he slid in and fouled Allison. Yeah. And I went, who, who was that? Like, who's, he should be booked there. And and John, he went, uh, it was Decore. And I was like, are you sure? I went, ah, it's number eight. I said, I don't, Decore's 16, isn't he? And he's like, oh, I don't know. He said, it might have been, might have been Garner Gay. And I'm like, for fuck's sake. I'm like, no, it wasn't him. <laughs> I said, it's number eight. And he went, oh, yeah, that's Anana. And I went, what, what's his name? And he went, oh, no, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got him again. Well, I want to get him totally sidetracked now. What were we on about there? Um, Robbo. Uh, yeah, Robbo, like, just laughing at them. I mean, I don't know how they managed to get through that first half without having at least two players booked. I know they weren't, like, particularly bad fouls that they were doing but it was just persistent it was like every time I mean, we tried was, to attack it, there was a foul the ref was always miles away from the play I thought he just didn't look like he was near the play most of the time so he talking probably, to uh, him, a couple of the lads at our time Paul on, on the scene as you just said that it's funnily enough we're talking to Ralph and Steve on, under, um, under the main stand at half time and they both said exactly the same thing. Like Steve was saying, like the ref's heat map's gonna just be like the centre circle. He said he's barely <laughs> left the centre circle all night. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I never really noticed that, but yeah. you know, you bringing it up as well. So it's obviously like there's something in that. If you've all seen it, little legs. That's what it was. He's got legs like Pickford's arm. <laughs> he just couldn't cover the ground. 
He, he looks like he's getting on a bit, doesn't he? As well, he looks like he's in his fifties. Yeah. Not going to it. Is that yeah. Simon Hooper? Was Hang it? Hang on, steady on. <laughs> I, <don't... laughs> I haven't seen you doing much fucking running either. So no, and neither will you. These calves need looking after. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Fair in enough. my fifties yet, so I can laugh at that joke. Oh man, give me a couple like of months. Three months away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> Here's you going into trying to go into huge detail about how you've lost like what is it ten miles an hour off your driver speed? Yeah, I think like the answer might be in the fact that you're almost fifty. But... I know. I, I don't want to accept it, but I think that's what it is. I feel like I have to be mean to you about it just because I'm feeling bad myself about being forty-one. Like I turned forty-one last week, and it's it feels way worse than forty for some reason. Because now I'm like actually in my forties rather than just forty. So yeah. it's upsetting, but never mind. Um, so, pretty really good first half overall. Like we were right at it. The press was good. Um, we used the ball well. I think we weren't doing that much. We didn't. Well, I think there was that one incident with Matip where he gave the ball away early, and had that gone awry, it would have been the same old story. But we got away with that one. But I thought our use of the ball was much better. I thought Hendo, um, he really seemed intent on on making sure everybody knew that it's not the fact that his legs have gone. It's the fact that he was just tired and unfit. Because I thought. He, he really set the tempo for us in that first yeah, half. We were much better yeah. on like picking up those second balls, which was, has been non-existent in recent weeks. And I thought we... I, I said to you before the game, Dave, that I thought that we'd be okay tonight because Deitch wouldn't come after us. Like he would, he would give us time to grow into the game, which we haven't necessarily had in recent weeks in these games where it's been all of a sudden we're 1-0 down or 2-0 down and it's been an uphill struggle immediately. And as you said earlier, like he was never going to do anything but try and keep it nil-nil until 75, 80 minutes. And I think that helped us really because we really grew into that first half and the, and the pressure built throughout. And, um, you know, so there was some nice interplay on the right-hand side again. Like Salah was beat, beating people one-on-one -on -one for the first time in quite a long time. Yeah. The interplay with him and Hendo and Trent was good. And just all that over ball the around the field. outside, Chris from Trent to, to Mo. We played that about five, six times. Second really half, especially, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And it was just nice to see us looking, looking like ourselves again. And it's given us a bit of a, perhaps a platform to use this as a bit of a reference point to show that you know we can still do it and we can build from here now. What you said though before the game, it it proved to be completely right, uh, because I think Dice mustn't have got the memo that we're shit now. You know, right. all the other teams know it, and, and like they all just go at us right early on. You know, they're getting straight yeah. after us, scoring yeah, early goals. Though, is it? No, it's like he thought yeah, he was still point, playing man. like the old Liverpool, didn't he? And then by the end of the game, he was because we, you know, we got our confidence back during the game. And part of that's probably the way they set up. You know, we we basically did what we wanted to do there tonight. The only criticism I'd have in the first half is I, just, I didn't think we created enough. Other than that, everything was good. You know, like we, we were good off the ball. We were good right up to the point when we got round the edge of the box. But then it's really difficult when there's like, you know, so many players back there. It's hard playing through them and we didn't really threaten that much. I think the best chance we had was probably Gakpo's header from Darwin's overhead kick. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd have to see that again, but I thought he maybe should have done a bit better with that. I know it came at him quite quick. Yeah, but, it did come um, at him very fast, yeah. I thought. But that was probably the best chance that we had, wasn't it? And... Mo was looking sharp, but not really getting the chances. And then obviously we get the breakaway, and that changes everything. Like once you get in front, um, but now the first half was like mostly 
satisfactory i thought you know we've we done a lot of the things that we've not been doing lately we looked more like ourselves we you know it's it was always going to be like a slow a slow road back we were never going to just go and like score five or six and spank someone but that's gone as well as we could have hoped for tonight i think yeah paul jürgen said after the game that we played the game that we wanted to play instead of playing the game that the opposition wanted to play and i thought that was like a really significant point because we were able to exert some semblance of control over the proceedings and it wasn't panic stations and everything like that. And it, you know, it does seem that, that that's going to be key for us now on, on this road to recovery. Yeah, I mean, certainly I think that it's, it was a really refreshing change from what we've seen for what feels like, well, ever since we came back really from, uh, from the World Cup. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it's probably, I, I mean, you know, Dave and I are always banging on about our terrible memories, but I can't remember a game since the World Cup, where we were able to control it really um, and really and really play our way, I mean I think there is something in the point you were both making there about Daesh, um not get, having got the memo about uh, about the Liverpool that he was facing because they didn't really put us under any pressure at all. And the one the one consistent we faced week after week recently is teams putting us under real pressure, going at us, you know, trying to expose gaps behind the uh, behind particularly behind Trent. And you know, trying to you know, playing play a high tempo, trying to play through us. Um, certainly, the, certainly putting pressure on uh, on us when we've got the ball, and we didn't really see any of that from Everton. Um, but they're, they're a poor side, you know. They're not a good side, you know. I think everyone was getting carried away. Obviously, the Everton fans, as Dave was saying earlier, but you know, the media um, narrative throughout the week, everyone's getting carried away by that performance against Arsenal. You know, I think I think maybe that performance against Arsenal, while certainly the set pieces were impressive, and he definitely galvanised them. You know, you can't go for that. that was a good performance that he put in a great result for them. But I wonder if you know what we've seen since from Arsenal has been it's just that just Arsenal's little wobble was as much a part of that as well, and it's just it's just made everybody just forget in the lead up to this game that Everton are shite, mm. they're really really shite, and they've got nothing up front. I mean, that lad. When I saw him come out and knew nothing about him, I thought, "Oh, why? He's a big lad. In is he going to be a real threat on the corners? Are we going to? Do we need to be worried here?" He was. He looked like exactly what he is—a kid they've just pulled back from Sunderland off, off a loan deal. That um, they offered no support whatsoever to. Uh, just left abs- him completely isolated. I was terrible. How they left him on his own? <clears throat> what know, was he supposed was, to do? They were just hitting high balls up to him, and like there was nobody within thirty yards of him. He called the little boy lost him. He wasn't such a big grok. Uh, so big, big boy lost. He was absolutely, but he, he just—I mean, he was pointless in being there. I don't know what the point of playing him was. Why didn't they play one of the? Why didn't they play um, Damari Gray or or even the other fellow? Okay. I just—it was just just strange, strange decision. He just likes a big lad up front. I, that's, think I that's mean, that's all it is. isn't it? So yeah. that's you know that's the the issues that they've got the crap. Um, but you know that it, it was still it's you know still a derby it was still you know it was re- reasonably physical they were well organised um, and you know I'm I'm well happy with that result that was a great result and you know what for me the big thing now is I mean it's the obvious thing to say but it's got to be the beginning of something it can't just be a one off you know I think I was I was I was having a look at the table before we were talking about this before the game. And for me, rare for me, but I think it was the last one of all of us to say, no, top four's gone. But I also then was saying to Dan just before we went in, you know, a, a win tonight and a good performance, you can then start to think again. But I think for me, if we go to Newcastle, get the three points there, then you do think, OK, there's still a long way to go. There's plenty of points to play for. 
It's game but on again if we beat Newcastle. It, it is, but that's the test, isn't it? Though, don't you mm, think? Yeah. You know, that's that's where we that that shows that this really has been a turning point. You know, Chris talking about a little bit of luck earlier when it hits the post, and maybe that could be a turning point both in the game and maybe could it going to be something more. You know, we've got to then carry that carry this forward into the next game and get a win, go away from home against the team that's had a, had a good, much better first half of the season than we have, and get a win. And it shouldn't be beyond us. I watched Newcastle at the weekend, and they're not—they weren't all that at all. They're punching well you above the weight, definitely. And you can see that they uh, their tempo's dropped. Um, there's a bit less of the snidery that they were doing early on. Um, and I, yeah, they're not—they're not really a, a team that can score a lot of goals. So you know, I think we've definitely got to be going there and thinking we need three points. And if mm. that happens, suddenly the season we start to think, okay, there's something we can salvage here. Um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's, it's isn't it amazing what a, what a good win in the derby can do yeah. for you. Right, yeah, definitely. I mean, we've been hearing for a while now about how there's been a good week of training here and there, and it definitely hasn't been manifesting itself on the field, Dave. But mm. I thought there, you, I don't think you've seen all of the post-match interviews yet, but I thought there was definitely a lot more conviction in what Mo said after the game. Like he said that. He said that it's been a re- it's been a really really good week. Like they've worked really yeah. well all week, and you could tell that he like meant it. Yeah. He, as far as he was concerned, the turnaround happened last weekend, and this is kind of a manifestation of, you know, that like this is the first time we've seen it publicly. Like, yeah. there seems to be more of a, a plan now. They on they know what they're doing a little bit more. It seems like the where am I going with this? It just seems like they've they've stopped feeling sorry for themselves and wondering what to do about it to a point where they have a plan to do something about it. Um, and Klopp, Klopp said similar things as well. Um, and I just want to touch on Klopp really because like, just when you, you think he couldn't love him anymore, he comes out with those comments over the weekend about the personal responsibility that he feels to like get mm. things right. And you see, you saw him before the game talking about, he, he used the word desperate. He was desperate for the win tonight. And then the sheer release of emotion when he comes to the cop at the end, it was just nice to see him with a smile back on his face again. And um, it feels like, you know, he's relishing the chance to put this right. Yeah, that's the one positive to come through all this. It's like, he's not wavering about, you know, when you people are saying, mm-hmm. oh, Klopp might walk, he might not, you know, think he's getting backed by the owners or, you know, he might not like this, he might not like that. He might just think, I can do without it. And he's come out and just put all that to bed completely. He's like, no, I'm absolutely here for the long haul. He, he, he's relishing building a new team. You know, that's the the good yeah. thing about it. And he said the other week as well, didn't he, about, like, um, he feels it's his responsibility because if he was to walk away, someone else, it takes time to do it. So somebody else would have come in and had this bad run that we'd had and everyone would be like, this is your fault, you're not up to the job. And, he, and he's like, mm-hmm. that's not really happening with Klopp. You know, we're not saying this is because Klopp doesn't know what he's doing. You know, we're looking at every other possible reason for why things are going wrong rather than saying, you know, the manager doesn't know what he's doing. The one thing that we've got is the manager, you know, saying this before the game, like whatever problems we've got, at least we've got the manager. So that's a big thing. Like team struggling teams, generally you've got to find a new manager. We haven't got to do that because we've got the manager. And um, when he was saying about the training, 
he has been saying that a lot lately, and but he's aware of that. I mean, he said himself, didn't he? He said, you know, we've had a really good week of training, and I know I've said this before, and then it's not shown in the match. So you're probably mm-hmm. listening to this and going, yeah, yeah, okay, well, let's see it on the pitch, which is all true. We are doing that, but they have shown it on the pitch. So now it's like, okay, so finally, you have had a good week of training, and it's translating into what you've done on the pitch. Now, there may be other reasons for that. Everton's approach probably helped with that. You know, but I don't really want to look at it from that point of view. I want to just look at us. We've done what we wanted to do there tonight. We've played well. The forwards have got a couple of goals. It's something for us to build on, and we've kept Everton in the bottom three. Mm-hmm. Definitely, um, Paul. How is uh, how is Anfield tonight? Because it came across on the TV super loud, super raucous, aggressive, supportive, just really good. Yeah, probably the best atmosphere of the season, I'd say, wouldn't you, yeah. Dave? Yeah. I, I, I thought it was comfortably so. You know, people were definitely responding. Even more flags out than normal beforehand. Um, loud, loads of songs. Um, You'll Never Walk Alone was really loud at the start. Um, and, yeah, I mean, and, and as I said, the Everton baiting just, just really took on a life of its own, really. Yeah. It was yeah. all kinds of inventive songs in there, things things being made up on the spirit of the moment and all kinds being thrown out there. Like I said, I thought we'd gone too soon in the first half, but, um, you know, I, clearly not. <laughs> we, we, we were moving through the gears of the Everton baiting in the second half. Um, Can you yeah, recall any of the inventive songs? Oh, you, you, you're speaking to the memory boys here, mate. No, <laughs> I can't. I can't. There was loads, though. Just take our word for it. It was funny. Yeah, <laughs> I can't yeah, really remember. I remember yeah, that I was sat there laughing at some of the things that were getting chanted. I'm sure I'm sure there'll be people with better memories. We'll throw someone yeah. on the forum when they post the... Uh, Post the pod on the forum in the morning or tonight. Your last trip to Anfield was one. Uh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That they were saying like this is your, this your is last your last trip to Anfield. Trip to Anfield. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, but uh, yeah, the atmosphere was great throughout. Um, and and you know, there's a nerviness has crept into the crowd. I think this season, there's been a lot of nerviness, which does my head in. You know, people sort of getting getting needlessly nervy about the way we play that we've done successfully for years. You know, playing the ball round at the back. And there was none of that tonight either. There was no kind of like people moaning at the first hint of somebody dwelling on the ball at the back or someone passing it back to, to Alisson. Well, yeah, but that's because um, the Everton you know, players were all sat in their own half watching us do it. It's yeah, not like true, they, were, they were putting us under pressure. True, true. But I just, I just, uh, yeah, it was, the atmosphere was, I mean, Klopp was really effusive about the atmosphere as well in his interview, wasn't he? He was, he was really, really strong on that buzz and talking about how important it was. I think he said I'm in love with this crowd. Um, yeah, I thought he was going to burst into tears, man. He looked really emotional yeah, about it. He was, he was emotional, wasn't he? He was, yeah, um, yeah. It was great. It was great. And it was, do you know, the big thing though, Chris, was to actually celebrate a goal at Anfield. I can't remember when, when's the last time we really, really, really went for it when we celebrated a goal at Anfield. It feels yeah. like forever. Man City, probably. Uh, and it, it, yeah, and it was just that that real buzz. I mean, it felt like you know. Prior to this season, it felt like that was something we were doing every single week, celebrating great goals and really that real sense of excitement and euphoria when someone scores. So it was great to get that get two of them tonight. Um, yeah, it was good, really enjoyable, really enjoyable atmosphere. And um, I think the players appreciated it. You know, Darwin quite clearly is someone who buzzes off the crowd and is buzzing off being being a Liverpool player. And I think, you know, that, that I think that's a relationship that will develop. Already the cop loves him. But I think he's only, he's barely got into second gear so far. Yeah. I think as he starts to move through the gears, I think that could become a really, a, you know, he's got a lot to do. He's got to prove himself. He's got to, he's got to be scoring, 
um, scoring the goals. But I think there's real potential there with the relationship between the, you know the, the cop and a, and a key player. Um, and, and Mo is still is still clearly clearly loved. You know what I mean? He, and, and I think it's uh, you know the feelings reciprocated. You know I think with, with the way Mo plays, it's so cool. I can go under the radar how much I think he loves playing for Liverpool. He really does love playing for us. You know, he's he's committed the rest of his career to us and, and was, you know, the comments he made after he signed that extension and uh, that new contract were that he didn't really want to go anywhere else. It's where he wanted to play. And I just think um yeah, I think I think there's an appreciation from all of the players, I think, about how, how uh, the fans have stood by them. And um, you know, it was nice nice to uh to be to, to get a little bit of payback from them tonight because it was yeah. beating Everton's great in it. Mm-hmm. Mo had the bit between his teeth tonight. He, did, he just yeah. looked really at it and focused. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's easy to say that because he scored. You know that that definitely makes you look at things differently. But even like taking the goal away, I just felt like he looked really just more like himself. You know, he's been really passive lately, but he he just looked more like you know aggressive and, and direct with the ball and just. He just looked like Mo again tonight, I thought. And strong on the ball, knocking oh, the into players who are coming ridiculous. out of him as well. When the ball's played up to him and he's facing his own goal and he, he's like he's got the defender just all over him. And he was just holding them off like with ease. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Like that, that that Ukrainian lad just he was trying to bully him and Mo was just like holding them off with one hand and then he's looking round where am I gonna pass it to? And it, it, he was just like he was holding off a little kid. I mean Mo's like really small but so fucking strong. What did you think of Darwin tonight, Dave? I thought he was quality. I just didn't think we got him the ball enough. I think if we could have, yeah. if we could have got him the ball a bit more, I think he'd have just caused absolute havoc because in the first probably 15, 20 minutes, we were looking for that diagonal ball to just to get him in behind Coleman. We were looking for that quite a lot and we had a little bit of success with it. But then we I kind mean, of got so away well, from it. That's a total, that's a total mismatch. Yeah, that, it is. It? it is. But we got away from that for whatever reason. You know, maybe Everton made it more difficult for us to do that. I, I don't know. Uh, but he wasn't as much of a factor. But any time he had the ball, I felt like he was going to do something. I thought he was really yeah, lively. Was a- and, the, you know, the assist for the first goal, brilliant. Just yeah. devastating football. Like Because t- it's basically, it's it's just the two of them. You know, the ball gets cleared to the edge of the box. Yeah. And then after that, it's just Darwin and Moe, isn't it? Do you know um, what worried me, Dave, in that one? As he's coming down, it's almost like, you know, he gets his head down, he just goes and he's going so fast. Yeah. He lifted his head up so late for the pass. It was only at the last minute that he looked up to see where Mo is and then he lays on that absolutely perfect ball. Yeah. The pass was brilliant, With I thought. left foot as well. How, how fast he was moving. I just think he looks dangerous. He looks like he's, he looks like there's always something going to happen when he's around. And, and I think... You know all the things that I think I think we, well you particularly said Dave about him. You know he he, he uh, he's, he's always involved and he, he you know he's 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 busy and exciting and he's um, there's a buzz when he's when he's around the ball and he's on the pitch. Uh, but he just needs to have that little bit of composure in front of goal. I think um, I, I think that's spot on. That's absolutely spot on. And I think when that little bit of composure comes, um, we'll um, we'll see a real player because the composure was there in that pass tonight. That was yeah, not something yeah. that, that that was not like a, there was no nothing fluky about that. He looked up, he saw where Salah was, and despite the fact that he's moving really, really quickly, he lays it on a plate for him. Um, yeah, I think he. I mean, he has got to. Of course, he's got to prove it. He's still got a lot to do, but I think there's the makings of a really, really top player in there. 
You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. No, definitely. I think he's going to be a great player, but I don't know how soon it's going to happen. But I do yeah, think he's, he is going to be a great player. I agree. Like, it does feel a, like, like an absolute force of nature. Just it's going to be like so difficult for anyone to deal with him, but. Yeah, it just frustrates me that like he's not got the goals he should have, and some of that's been bad luck, and some of it's where he's just got to do better. But you know the goals will come, but because we're really in a bad wanted run, him to get one tonight. I just get an impatient with him now, and I, you know, I've backed him all season and defended him when he's missing chances. But because of the run we're in, we couldn't afford him to be missing chances, and him and Mo have missed a lot of chances, like which have been costly for us. But hopefully now, you know, that we can just kickstart our season again and um, the goals will start flowing for him but yeah I thought he was really good tonight I love watching him it, when, when he's not yeah. playing I'm gutted like I, yeah. it's it's mad it's like if Darwin's not in the team I'm like oh for fuck's sake I don't even want to watch this game now but like he's on the pitch and it just transforms everything for me I just he's find genuinely him, like, exciting isn't yeah, he? he's an it's just player. a real buzz like when, when the ball's around him because something's going to happen it might not always be good but something's going to happen I think Saturday's a big day for him, really. I'd like to see a little bit... I think most of the exciting performances we've seen from him have been at Anfield, where he's had that 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 buoyancy from the, the raucousness of the crowd and everything. And I think in some of the away games we've seen, like the, the Brighton games and the Wolves games since we came back from the World Cup, we haven't seen so much from him. Um, so if he can go to Newcastle on Saturday and repeat tonight's performance, like that would be a, a big step forward for him, I think. Just getting some consistency and... Doing it away from Anfield as well be, um, it be, would be really, really good to see. But there were certainly some positive signs tonight with the three of them. We, as we said at the start, Gakpo had a good game and um, deserved his goal. And it was important for him, Paul, just to get that first goal as well because we haven't really seen him have many sights of goal and the ones he has, he's tended to just balloon over the bar and hopefully he can use this as a platform for... Um, you know, to get some confidence because he's clearly a confident lad. In his interview after the game with Carragher and Gary Neville, he was, you know, they asked him what's his target for the rest of the season, and he just said to win every game. So yeah. that's what you want to hear, isn't it? And hopefully, and, and they and they, they laughed at that, and then he was sort of like deadpan. What, a deadpan yeah, what the fuck are you laughing at? What do you mean? Of course, <laughs> yeah. of course, we want to win every game playing for Liverpool. I think I, I felt a little bit sorry for him with the way I think fans have overreacted to his um, to his um, modest start. I think it's been really difficult for him to come into a new team in a new country in a new league um, where the team is an absolute shambles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think there's been, I think people have leapt to judgments about him um, far too soon. That was his seventh appearance tonight. And yes, he's a forward, and yes, he's got this reputation. And but you know, he's still a young player, um, and, and we're asking him to do lots and lots and lots of new things. I think he's all the things that I think. I think that we saw tonight, you know, he, he's decent, he's good on the ball, he's got good awareness, he's developing his tactical understanding and he's adapting to a new position uh, and starting to understand how to link up with the team. I just think, I think that's been, that's broadly been there. That's broadly been there. I think I think you can very much read 
Um, his first few few appearances in that in the in the context of that narrative that he's a guy mm. who's just adapting. You know, I think uh, uh, you know the, the pace thing as well. I definitely think the issue about pace has been overdone about him being slow. He's not slow. Um, I just think he's adapting to this new position. I don't Very think he's quick enough to play in the wing, though, Paul. That, that's that's no, my maybe, thing. It's maybe, not that he's maybe. slow. He's not but, slow at all. But he's but, not. But, but, like Our system is like lightning quick wide players. And yeah, that's but not I, him. But I, think, but I do, I I do like him in the middle. Is, what we're seeing now is that, but that is his position, isn't it? I mean, I yeah. think in my mind already, I'm, I'm already saying, but he's not a, he's not a, he's not a wide player. He's, a, he's, he's the new Bobby. Well, yeah. That's what he's supposed to be. Um you know, he basically said as much, and Klopp, you know, he's Klopp quicker has, than Bobby. Acknowledged it as well. He is quicker than Bobby, yeah, and he's a bit more, bit and more generally mobile as well. Just a little bit, a little bit lighter on his feet than Bobby is as well. You know, um, not just in terms of pace, but just in terms of a bit more nimble than Bobby is. Yeah. Bobby has that in, kind in, of in, blustering style sometimes, and and Gakpo has the ball under a little bit more control than Bobby. Um, although everyone obviously, you know, the players all rave about Bobby's technique, but I sometimes think in those situations, Bobby's all sorts of blood and thunder sometimes, and the ball can get away from him. Um, Gakpo, I think that the ball seems to be under his control much more. Um, but, you know, it's early days. It's really early days. And I think, you know, he's, he's what's, what's nice now, though, is great to see Jota coming back tonight, right. you know, getting some minutes, and great to see Bobby back again. And these players now need to be under pressure for the places. You know, they've got to be playing. They've got to be. They've got to be doing the business, and they've got to be scoring goals. You know, so for him to get that goal tonight, that was probably well timed because, you know, he can't be thinking he's guaranteed to start um, no, with that not. competition coming back in. So really pleased for him. You mentioned Jota, and um, I think Gakpo has kind of suffered a little bit from a, like a little bit of recency bias from some of the players that we signed and come in and had immediate impacts, like. Look at Luis Diaz last year. He came in and he was instantly like red hot and spurred us onto that good run that almost helped us clean up everything. And, and Jota was a similar one when he came in. He he had a really good start to his Liverpool career as well. Canate did as well. But before that, it was kind of the way that these players did need some time to adapt to the Klopp system, and they weren't necessarily introduced to starters every week because you know we had other people. Cody hasn't had that luxury. He's just been. He's been an available body, so he's started every game since he signed. I don't think that would have been the case had everybody else been fit and he would have had a little bit more time to get up to speed and a few substitute appearances here and there, uh, coming on in situations that were advantageous to him uh, and us rather than you know, an away game uh, at Brighton <laughs> where we're just getting absolutely battered. You know, As you said, it's, it's not been an ideal situation for him to come into. So I think like what we can get from him now is... Um, as a bonus and he's obviously very much a player for the future too so yeah let's just chill out a little bit on that one I, I, yeah I really think people we can all forget just how um, how fine-tuned Klopp's tactics are at their best and you know how it requires every single moving part to be brilliantly coordinated and, and that's why it's taken in the past a number of players time to adapt and to get to understand it and to come in more slowly you know Robbo took his time Fabinho did um, others as well have taken time to to adapt. I mean, Genie took time to, to took time to really show his show his best football when he came into the side. Um, and I think also with the flip side of that is that it, it makes us we look really exposed when the when the when the the cogs are not functioning properly when everyone isn't into, you know isn't 
understanding each other's game and, and the intricacies of, of positioning and respond and responding to each other's movements isn't absolutely finely tuned. I think one of the things that that was really encouraging tonight. Just want to come back to Hendo again. You know, mm-hmm. just again ridiculous how unappreciated is by dickheads on on Twitter who just clearly just don't know what they're watching. I mean, we talked about how really good his press is tonight, but other things like getting that right-hand side nailed down, that, that great triangle, the triangles that are our best are brilliant on that right with Trent and Hendo and Mo. number of times Trent was pushing right forward into the centre-forward position. Who's dropping in it right back? Instantly, every time, it's Hendo. And no one's and just because that wasn't exposed, just because Everton didn't capitalise on the space that was left there. If you watch on the telly, you'd never notice that. But with Hendo, it's just second nature. He just his understanding of the game, his appreciation of his teammates and where they are and what they need and what the team requires from him at that moment in time. I just he's so impressive. I think so, so impressive. Mm-hmm. And I think um, you know, as as, lo- as long as we can use him judiciously. I think he's got he's got years ahead of him playing for Liverpool. He's he's a very very clever, experienced footballer now, um, and uh, I think you know I, I I just think that to me exemplified what was best about tonight is that the parts of the team were functioning together in a way that they haven't done for what feels like nearly all season to be honest. On Henzo though, like I think any time he drops below his absolute best. Like the knives are out for him, you know. He, he has like the critics all just come out the woodwork, and it's like, oh, he's finished. Get rid of him. Too old. Blah blah blah. And I think the problem has been like recently, he's not been good since he's come back from the World Cup, and it's not just that he's not been good. Like the thing that concerned me a little bit was there was quotes from him where he was saying about how tired he is after the World Cup. It surprised him like that. He, you know, he's feeling tired and. And then he, there was something else when he said about like the mood and the dressing room was like really low after after the game. And yeah, I'm sure it is, but it was just very unhendo like things that he was saying. And couple that with the public, you mean? Yeah, yeah. And he wasn't playing well. And then he's been dropped for a few games, which it's dropped is one way of putting it. But also, it's just he needed resting. You know, he he was not. He was just not right physically. And I'm hoping now. He's got back to the physical level that he needs to be because he was really good tonight, but I knew he would be good tonight. He's always really good against Everton. Now that Divock's gone, Hendo's like the first name on the team sheet for me when we're playing Everton. It would have always been Mm -hmm. Divock before that. Hendo's the second name on the team sheet. Now Hendo's the first name because he's always really good in derby games. He just thrives in these games against Everton. So I knew he'd play well tonight, and and he did. You know, no surprise. He was really good. We've got Newcastle at the weekend. That's another game that he's going to be well up for. So again, right. for me, he definitely starts that. Then the problem is you've got Real Madrid in the in the midweek. Well, do you want to start in like two games in four days or whatever? That's when you have to start looking at it about like maybe doing a bit of rotating. But um, I just hope that like he's over that the the dip that he's had post World Cup, and he can finish the season strongly. Um, and you know he's he's what he's thirty two something like that. So yeah, I do think yeah. he needs to be phased out in the sense that the way Milner has been over recent years, but. You've got to have them around, you know. You you need yeah. mm-hmm. just that mentality around the club. So um, yeah, and and when you look at Bajetic, I mean, he's first choice now. Whether it's first choice as the six or as the eight, whatever. It, when you're picking three midfield players out of the the pool of midfield players that we've got, 
Bajetic is in that three, no question about it. He's played yeah. his way into that. And then you look well, at the I squad think he tonight. Might be the first, first choice at the possibly, moment. Possibly, yeah, yeah. Now that Thiago's out, he might well be like the first choice. I think Thiago was the, the the first name prior to that, but now he might be like your first midfield player at the moment. But you look at like in the squad tonight. I don't think Curtis was on the bench tonight. I don't think he made the squad, did he? Ox didn't make the no. squad. No. Um Carvalho's not made the squad. So Bajetic has like come from pretty much nowhere. And not only are those players not getting on the bench, he's not even on the bench. He's in the team now. He's come from nowhere to be like first choice in the starting eleven. And there's other yeah, players who, who could have been, yeah. There's other players who could have been picked ahead of him, more experienced players. And like some of those players are not even making the bench now. Yeah, it's great. I mean, like Mo said in this interview after the game, that he said, "Bacchetta's has been. He said he's been our best player." And I know that's not a particularly high bar, but yeah, like, he's right, isn't he? Yeah. He's been our best player since we come back from the World Cup. So, um, like you said, I think it was was it you, Paul, who said like, "How high can his ceiling be?" Well, you know, yeah. I'm looking forward to finding yeah. out. That's for sure. And perhaps the way the world works, this is just something that needed to sort of happen to 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 bring that into reality earlier than it otherwise might have done. So um, all good moving forward on that front. And I think the thing with Hendo is that he's kind of been caught up sort of, he hasn't been good, but he's been, there's been a loss of perspective with him. There's in this terrible run we had, people have been talking about how we need to have this mass clear out with basically everybody older, over the age of 30 needs to be thrown on the scrap heap immediately. And the other one should be worried too. Well, I, I it, of course, Jordan's not going to play every week. What what needs to happen from this point onwards is he doesn't need to play sixty three games in a goddamn season and be mm. playing for England as well. Like his his role just needs to change. He can be equally valuable to us, um, just not by not playing every week. He doesn't need to be out there. He brings so much more to the table. He's the club captain. He's like a man that we all respect. Uh, we all have boundless respect for. The manager loves him. Like most of the match going fan base loves him. Like. It's. It was just. I think he got caught up in the hysteria of everything going wrong at the same time, and there just needed to be a little bit of perspective there, and and hopefully we'll, we'll get some of that now. That the dust is settling a little bit, and we can start looking forward again. Um, what he's got, he's got to sack England off, though, Chris. Yeah, fucking that, right, he has. Well, he should have done that before the world. Yeah. I, I, that's what minds. I mean, he wanted the World Cup. He wanted to play in the World Cup. Okay, that's fine. You played in the World Cup. You're 32 now. Milner at that age, Milner was like, "Yeah, I'm not playing for England anymore. Concentrating on my club career. You've got to do the same thing." And if mm-hmm. he carries on playing for England, it's not going to help him with Liverpool. It's not going to help with Liverpool fans either. I mean, he's come back from the World Cup and he's goosed, and his form's been like bad for like the last month or so. Uh, you know, time to knock it on the head. Just concentrate on on club football because he's playing but too he's many given games. No indication he's going to. No, do he that hasn't, and, and that's a mistake. He should he should sack it off. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, so what have we not talked about in terms of the game tonight? Paul, has anything stood out to you that we haven't addressed yet? No, I think we've, I think we've probably covered it. I mean, I think... Um, centre-halves. Have we talked about the centre-halves much? Difficult Thoughts? one, because they were very good, but they had nothing to play against. Yeah, it's two on one. They've, they've done everything it? that you'd expect them to do. I thought like Joe Gomez was pretty much faultless tonight. Good on yeah, the ball, composed, really yeah. good performance. But it's hard to judge when like they only had like one striker. No he was like did had no support. He's not a top striker anyway. You know, it was a, it was an easy night for them. They probably had like the I mean maybe it's dumb and with big brains, but the, but the the fact that they came out of the game, you know, pretty much flawlessly, you know, 
that's definitely a step forward, isn't it? Oh, it's a massive step you know, forward. Because they're under huge pressure, both of them, mm. especially Joe Gomez. And Virgil's back now. He's on the bench tonight, so you'd think he'd start yeah. next week. So, play for places. Who yeah, would you play think, next week? Who stays in, when, do you think? When you say next week, do you mean uh, Newcastle? Yeah. Or are you thinking on to Madrid? Because both. I think I'm thinking a Virgil now. could play both. Well, I, do, you, do you start Virgil on Saturday? I would, yeah. Bring give him, him a full, a full yeah. week's training this week. He's been back in training last week. They thought this was a little bit too soon for him. But he'll have a full week. Centre-halves don't have to do like loads of running, so I don't see why he couldn't play both games. So, yeah, I'd bring him back in Newcastle games, and it's a tune-up for him to get ready for Real Madrid. But who plays yeah. alongside him is the question. I think I'd probably lean towards Matip, but on tonight's evidence, you know, Gomez has got Gomez. like a... Gomez has got a legitimate case to say he should stay in, but I'd... and there's a pedigree to that partnership as well. Well, there's a pedigree to 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 Virgin Joel as well. Um, I, 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 he's another one I think has been absolutely people have turned on Joe Gomez this season. And I do appreciate that he's had some absolute shockers, but that's in the context of everyone having shockers. And I, there's a really really good player in there. You know, for all all the comments about you know Kara's comments about. You see the quality of a centre off when they're not playing with the leader. Well, he's twenty five years old. He's twenty five years old, and and he's had injuries in the past. But we've also seen his levels can be really good. I think there's still a really good Liverpool player in there. You know, I, do I think he's going to be our first choice moving forward? Not while Virgil's there, but I certainly think he he might be in the aftermath of that. Um, yeah, but I, to be honest with you, though, after tonight, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable while who plays who plays centre off at the weekend. Uh, they had nothing you know, to what? do tonight, though, did they? It was two on one. The hot. They did what they had to do well enough, but like Newcastle's going to pose a, a different threat. Both of those they, two they, lads have, have made catastrophic mistakes since Christmas and made us look like mugs a couple of times. I'm not particularly happy with either of them, but because we've got to go for one, I'd probably yeah. go for Gomez because Mativ's catastrophic mistakes are more recent than Gomez's. That's the only reason. It's just a recency bias. Like, I, I, I think with Gomez, right. Um, I think at times we're all guilty of judging players on their best games. And I think, Paul, I think you're doing this with Joe Gomez. You're looking at like how good Joe Gomez is when he's playing really well and, and like thinking, that's Joe Gomez, that's the player you know, who Joe Gomez is. And we all do it. I do it with, with some players as well. We're, we're all guilty of it to some extent. And I think with Joe Gomez... I've gone past that point because I was with you up until fairly recently. I looked at Joe Gomez when he, and I'd be like, yeah, you know what? The ceiling's massive for Joe Gomez. What a player. He could be brilliant. But there comes a point where like, if there's enough evidence there to say, well, is he ever going to be the player that's not making like stupid mistakes through like not, you know, switching off, not paying attention or, you know, bad clearances, just mistakes. There's too many for me to, to, to have confidence that he's ever going to just completely eradicate them and be really good. And well, I suppose I'd counter that by saying I'd just come back to his age again. He's 25. That's still young for a centre-half. Yeah, but 25 is not 22, had, is he? He had the two bad injuries. He had the two bad injuries, and he's also had stop-start injuries since. Um, well, you've I, got to factor he, that in as well, though, Paul. Listen, like, I, there's can't, a pattern. I, can't, I can't deny that some of his performances have been very worrying recently. But there is a context. All I'm saying is, is that, and, and like as I said as well, I, I don't see him as when everyone's fit as first choice. For me, it's Virgil and Canati. Yeah. But all agreed. I'm saying is, we've been very, very quick 
to collectively jump on the bandwagon of Joe Gomez is shit. Joe Gomez, and I'm not, I'm not saying necessarily on the pod, but uh, Joe Gomez is not shit. Joe Gomez is a really good, really, really good centre half, and he's been through a tough time. And I, I want to see him, you know, come back to that quality football again. And I think he's got it in him. He's definitely got it in him. It uh, might need to be next to Virgil to show that. In the, and, and he's got to get to the stage where he can stand on his own two feet. But he's still young in centre-half terms. You know, Virgil, what how old was Virgil when he came to us? 26, 27? Yeah. And, you know, that was... And, and he came to us from from Southampton. You know what I mean? And so, you know, that was that's when we started to see the real Virgil. At that stage, you know, Virgil flew under the radar. You know, you widely regard... I'm, I'm only saying this to illustrate how centre-halves develop differently to other players. I'm not saying Joe Gomez is going to be a Virgil. That's not my point. Um, but, you know, Virgil was not being... Even, even when, we, when, we, when we made that... When we signed them, people were not saying... I was. But most people weren't saying he's going to come in and be absolutely incredible and be absolutely perfect and be exactly what Liverpool needs and then go on to be the best centre-half comfortably in the world. You know, because there was there were question marks over him, and coincidentally, lots of question marks about Virgil were about his concentration and his focus, yeah, uh, and uh, and making mistakes, making silly mistakes. Seeing Joe Gomez there, and it's far too soon to be writing him off. And certainly, I think, I, I, as, as Chris just said there, I think I would, yeah, probably would start Virgil on Saturday, and I'd go with Gomez next to him. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you credit on Virgil. You did say when we, when even before we signed him, when we tried to sign him, and we didn't get him. You did say like he'd be a transformational player and he'd be like best centre half in the world. So you did say all that. I'll give you full credit for that. I would also say though, Paul, you know, if this summer we were to sign, I'm just trying to think, someone off the top of my head, Michael Keane from Everton. If we were to sign Michael Keane, you would talk yourself into thinking that he was he'd be a good signing. <laughs> oh, you'd find a way to oh, say, God. yeah, you know, a new a new manager, a fresh start. He's seen something in him, but yeah, you did say that Virgil <laughs> was going to be incredible, um, and you were right. Uh, with Joe Gomez, I just think too many mistakes. I don't think he's ever going to eradicate that. But that's not to say I'd be getting shut of him. You know, you, you've got to have like four centre backs, and you know, as far as number fours go you're not going to get many many better fourth plus he can fill in at right back as well and we and may that need him to do that because what the hell's happened to Calvin <clears> Ramsey <laughs> he's just like the invisible man I think he's injured again I also wonder if Klopp actually doesn't like what he's seen or it's but he's, he's injured though isn't he he's, he has missed a lot of time it's not like he's even playing much for the 21s is it also that thing where he just hasn't you know the thing we were, we were alluding to before how some players take a long time to adapt tactically mm. You know, on the training pitch, maybe he's just not getting it. Possibly. I, I was underwhelmed by the, the little we saw. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, I can't even remember what the, what the game was. He, the game where he started, was it one of the... Um, it, it was a League Cup, Cup game, games. wasn't it? I, I mean, I was underwhelmed by him then. I thought he, did, I, I thought he was. Well. I just thought he played within himself. I expected to see more. You know, a player with his pace and touch and technique, I thought we'd really see him, you know, try and uh, try and show us something. I thought he was quite... Don't know, but quite underwhelming. Anyway, I mean, who knows? Might I, I was quite excited about. We've just we've just beaten Everton at Anfield, lads. Uh, I don't think we need to be yeah. talking too much about the the fourth choice Calvin right back at the moment. So, yeah, so it's <laughs> uh, moving swiftly on. Um, yeah. So that but that does bring us neatly to um, to the weekend, right? Massive game for us. I'm just looking at the league table now. We are currently s- nine points behind Newcastle with a game in hand. With we have 17 games left to play. If we win on Saturday, we'll still have that game in hand, but only be six points behind them. So, um, 
from looking dead and buried and out of it, and I, I think I said this to you and Jules on Saturday, Dave, that like, if we just show some semblance of ourselves, like yeah. that it's perfectly achievable. It's just a case of whether we will or not, because all of those other sides from fourth to eighth are dropping points left, right and centre. We have games in hand on all of them. It's it's definitely conceivable, but it's very much, it's entirely dependent on, on us finding our form. We, we've made a good start to that tonight, but it has to continue on Saturday. Yeah, I, I heard on the radio when I was um, driving back, and it was um, Jamie O'Hara and, and, and Cundy, and a caller had rang in, a Liverpool fan, and he was saying, like, don't know if we can get top four or not. You know, it's doable. Just don't know if we're gonna like produce the form we need, which is fair. I totally agree with that. And like, and and Cundy said, um, you know, to get top four, you're gonna have to show like championship form, like you know, championship winning form. I'm like, no, we're not. No, no we're near. Not so. Top four is not that difficult. It's it's to catch fourth place, which is Newcastle. Forget the three or above. I mean, who knows what will happen with them? They're dropping points as well. But let's just look at Newcastle, who are in fourth. To catch Newcastle is not that difficult. That's not the issue. The issue is not like oh, you've got to you've got to get like basically win every game to do it. No, we haven't. Not not even close to that. The problem is. Can we win enough games? We don't have to win like nearly all of them, not even close. But we are going to have to win a significant number of games, and there's not maybe really... ten to twelve of them. Yeah, but there's not there's not much to suggest that we we've got that kind of run of form in us at the moment. Mm-hmm. But things can change quickly, you know. If you get like a couple of wins, and then all of a sudden you're playing with a bit of confidence, because we've had like a lot of there's a lot of problems we've had this season, and there's a lot of flaws in this team and in the squad. But a big part of it recently, like it's been worse recently than it was before the the World Cup break. You know, the World Cup break, we started to get our act together a little bit. You thought, all right, yeah, you know, we we done all right at Tottenham away, didn't we? Um, I think like we we won the game before the game after that as well, and it looked like we were potentially back on track. You know, and then we've come back and we've just been shite. Since the World Cup, we've been really bad, but we've got progressively worse because confidence has got progressively lower with each bad result mm-hmm. that we've had. Now we're still going to have a lot of the issues that that we, we've had all season, but at least if we can get confidence back, it's not going to be like Brighton away and Wolves away. We're not going to be that level of shitness. You know that's not going to be us. We get confidence back, and we should be able to win a fair amount of games. Now, whether that's going to be enough to get fought or not remains to be seen. But this idea that it's like mission impossible because teams are so far ahead of us, it's not about how far ahead they are. They're not that far us. ahead. It's about us mm-hmm. and what we do. Do you know, Dave? Do you know we were talking before the game? You were making the point about, um, you know, you've been really focused on the forwards and the lack of goals, and that's been the, that's been our the, the key issue. And we, and we were both really talking about how goals can cover a multitude of sins. And I was mentioning how basically yeah. Rogers Rogers almost won the title on the back of that, that that idea, really. You know, we we basically had a team that wasn't that great defensively, but we just outscore everybody, you know. We'd win 6-3, um, 5-2. Yeah, just... <laughs> absolutely. Conceding three goals away from home and still winning the game and stuff like that. And that, that for me is the key, I think. that I think that is the key. If we get that front line firing, um, that could be that could be enough to to carry us um, to carry us quite a long way. Um, this is still I'm still I've said it loads and loads and loads this season. This is a weird season. It's affecting clubs in different ways at different times, but it's affecting everybody. 
And I think some clubs we've not really seen the full extent yet of how it's going to affect them. Um, you know, having a World Cup in the middle of a season is bizarre. Um, and I think we've, there's, there's all, we, we know why it's we know why it's affected us uh, because of what we what we had to contend with last season, what we came off then, and we've gone into now. But I think there's, it, it's just so unpredictable. I think there's there's lots more lots more stories to come in the Premier League this season. I think at every level. I don't think that the league table might look totally different by the end of the season at every every level of the uh, every level of the table, top, middle, and bottom. So if we get scoring goals, I mean, look at Tottenham. Mm. They go, they they win against, they win one 0 against City, and then they go to Leicester and they get absolutely twatted four one. Battered, yeah. They're yeah. a weird team, Tottenham. Mm-hmm. But that's just what I, I, Paul's saying, though. It's yeah. just like everything's all over the place. It feels like Tottenham might be a bigger threat to fourth than Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Brentford right and Fulham going for going for top four, going for the European yeah. places. You know that West Ham contending with relegation. There's all kinds of stuff in there. That's it, it, that, that. There's going to be loads of changes to the table. I think the table won't look anything like it does now at the end of the season. Um, and there's, you know, the other thing as well is has been again people have been quick to dismiss how we we came back from the um, in in the in the COVID season. We came back from that, you know that fallen off a cliff then this I agree with what people have said this is worse and we've fallen off in multiple ways but we have got a track record for turning things around I'm, I'm ruling nothing else at the moment but we have got to see this has got to this has got to be a starting point now I think we've really got to go to St James's Park on Saturday and we need to win and then let's let's see what happens next just to go back to the point about what we were talking about before the game and I said about my, my biggest issues being the forwards and you were saying you know, if if we can just start like scoring goals, it, it covers up everything else. It really does. Like some of the bad results we've had recently, if we've taken the chances that we've created in those games, it puts a totally different like slant on it. And you know, yeah. it, you're not looking at all like the shit defending and like all oh, the midfield's a problem and this. It it, it it like goals will mask a lot of that. You, the problems are still going to be there, and you can't win the league with those problems, but you can get top four. With, with those issues, as long as you're scoring enough goals, and we've got it that, it changes in us. the media narrative as well, doesn't it? Which has yeah. clearly gone into the players' heads. We've you know, got the forwards to do it, but we've got to start like putting the chances away and getting back to scoring two, three, four goals a game. And it doesn't matter yeah. if Joe Gomez makes a stupid mistake and we can see the mm-hmm. goal, or if we switch right. off from a set piece and we and we give away a daft goal, or Trent's not paying attention on the back post and someone sneaks in, which almost happened tonight as well, by the way, when Tom Davis got in behind him. Yeah. Um, so, shocking. you know, but these things are going to happen because they, there are certain, like, flaws that we've got. So these things are going to happen. But, you know, Paul mentioned then about, like, the Rodgers team. I mean... Some of the defending from that team was just outrageously shit, but it didn't matter because Suarez and Sturridge had just go up the other end, and like you know, ably supported by like Coutinho and Sterling, and we were just tearing teams apart. And it didn't matter if we conceded two or even three, and I'm not saying we need to go back to it like a point where like we're just totally gung-ho and we're letting in two, three goals or whatever. But the forwards have got to pull the fingers out, stop yeah, missing yeah. chances become more clinical in front of goal and that masks a lot of the failings that we've got and it will get you fourth it will you'll get top four by scoring a lot of goals 
you won't win leagues like that until you, you fix everything else. As we discovered ourselves, you know, we were a good team that scored loads of goals, but we had like just a weakness where like we were a bit of a soft touch at times and we'd shoot ourselves in the foot and a 3-0 lead wasn't safe. You know, we could blow a 3-0 lead and then Virgil comes in, suddenly that Alisson comes in and suddenly that side of it was sorted. But, but we still add the goals and then that's what takes you from like a fourth place team to a team that's challenging for the title now we're a long way away from from challenging for the title at the moment you know there's a lot of work needs to be done on the team but in terms of getting fourth just forwards just start scoring and we'll be alright that's the way I look at it yeah I mean, the good thing yeah. is now that we've got more options as well, right? Because like Bobby was banging him in at the start of the season. He was, yeah. I think, was our top scorer early on, wasn't he? He was, and he, we, it was the best finishing we'd seen from him in a number of years. And um, you know, Jota is renowned for his Fowler-esque finishing, scoring all kinds of goals. So if these lads aren't delivering the goals, we've got players who have a track record of doing so. We've got Diaz to come back in as well, who should add like a little bit more electricity to we've our forward play too. Massively. So. Hugely, yeah, hugely a massive loss because he was one of the few who was still like playing at his level at the start yeah. of the season. Everyone else had dropped off. Most players had dropped off, not all of them. But Diaz was still looking great, and then he gets injured. So we've desperately missed him, and I just can't wait to have him back. Yeah. So Paul, um, we've talked about the team a little bit for the weekend. Um, other than Van Dyke coming in for one of the second half, second centre half, are you keeping the same ten? I think I probably am, yeah. Um, don't, where's Thiago up to? No, he's a few weeks. Oh, a yeah, month, it's about a month or so, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, particularly as Fabinho looked recognisably Fabinho like tonight, yeah. I, that, that would be my question, would have been my question mark. But, um, yeah, I think I think I probably, yeah, apart from bringing Virgil in, yeah, I would, I would leave it as is. Particularly as they've got, you know, um, what five days now between now and the next game so yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I don't, I don't see why we, we need to we need to capitalise on it don't we we need to build some momentum those players will be buzzing after tonight they'll have, they'll have enjoyed themselves they'll have enjoyed the atmosphere they know it's a derby they've needed a win they've got a good win and there'll be a positive mood around the place well let's try and capitalise on that and, uh, and, and go again with the caveat that I think Virgil does need to come back in because yeah. we're going to need him for future games do you think we'll win? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Dave? Yeah, I do. I uh, think Newcastle have looked... Sorry, just just on that. Sorry, Dave. Just on that. I think... Um, I, just, just, just to caveat that, I think uh, I do think we'll win if we if we build on today's performance because I think Newcastle are starting to dip. Um, I watched their game at the weekend and they looked ordinary. And I think... I don't know. I think Dave. I can't remember. We were talking before the before the part of the match, Dave. And I think we both said that they they're punching above the weight. And I think um, definitely. You know, yeah. I think I think I think we're starting to see that we're starting. To, I think they've got one win in six. Then now the, the the other five games they've drawn. Well, that's a lot of points. They dropped ten points out of the last eighteen. They're not scoring, um, but they're not conceding many either. Well, they're a goal line right. clearance away from losing at Bournemouth on yeah. Saturday, so yeah, got really fortunate yeah. with that one. It was a good clearance, yeah, like, but. Yeah, but but I do. Uh, yeah, I do think we'll win, Chris. Yeah. How about you, Dave? I think I think we all play pretty well. I think we'll be the better team, whether we win or not. Again, to me, it just comes down to the forwards. It's like if they put away the chances, because we will create chances. If they're clinical, they put the chances away. I do think we'll win. I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet though. 
Um, I think we'll give one goal away. So the question is, you know, I don't think we'll lose. I just don't know if we'll score enough goals to win. I, I'd like to think that we'll be buoyed by like tonight's results. A uh, bit of confidence for the, you know, Gakpo's off the mark. Hopefully he'll have a spring in his step. Mo's got a goal again. Uh, I'd like to see Darwin run riot at Newcastle. Yeah, Darwin's turn on Saturday. Yeah, um, I'll go 2-1 with Darwin scoring and assisting. Right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one. I'm gonna go one nil. Darwin, one nil. I think we can keep the clean sheets. One nil. Darwin. All right, cool, good stuff. All right, well, I mean, an assist for Darwin tonight, a goal for Gapco, and a goal for. I I I can never recall after I've immediately after I've said it where I've pronounced whether I've pronounced Gakpo's name right. No, you usually haven't. (laughs) No, (laughs) you did then. Yeah, like the the second time you got it wrong initially, and then when you when you said, I think I say Gapco. You do, yeah, 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 bollocks. All right. (laughs) Well, as long as I'm mentioning it in the context of him scoring Cody, goals, it's just all good. Call him Cody. Yeah. <laughs> Cody, Cody. <laughs> all right, yeah, sounds good. Um, right, so yeah, on to Newcastle at the weekend. We are delighted to have recorded a podcast that was enjoyable, and we're not just whinging for an hour for a change. Um, hopefully that can continue when we go to Newcastle on Saturday. Dave and the boys will be back after the game uh, for that one, but until then, we'll catch you soon. best word I can say but uh, we'll describe this was boom <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this it was really good